0: Praise the Lord. Good morning everybody. It's great to see each and every one of you here on site and a shout out welcome to our guests here on site and a shout out welcome to those who have joined us online and our many guests from our city, across our nation, and from around the world. How many people are ready for God's Word? Come on. How many people are ready for God's Word? Amen. Amen. Well, we've been in a three-part sermon series that we're calling In Sync, and we've been talking about being synced up to Holy Spirit. And if you were here for message number one, we look specifically at Romans chapter 8, and the whole message was, let's get out of Romans 7, let's start living our lives in Romans chapter 8. And I offered to you seven steps to walking in the Spirit. Last Sunday, we camped on 1 Corinthians chapter 2, and I shared with you three things that I really felt we need now more than ever. And today I want to take you to the final message on Holy Spirit. And I want to talk to you today about how to live a life, how to be filled with the Holy Spirit. What does that mean? How can that happen? What would God want to say to us about that? So I want to invite you this morning, take your Bible and turn with me to Ephesians chapter 5. We're going to look just at one verse today that I have to be honest with you, it wrecked me. I was rocked as I was praying over Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18. Paul is writing to a church that he actually was a part of starting Acts chapter 18, a church that in Acts chapter 19 he went there and placed his hand upon these believers and they experienced an encounter with the Holy Spirit. He also wrote a letter to them. We read about it, or John wrote a letter to the church of Ephesus in Revelation chapter 2 because they had lost their their first love. But now Paul is writing to the church in Ephesus in verse 18. Of Ephesians chapter 5, he says, do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, he gives an alternative, be filled with the Spirit. And for, this, for a few moments this morning, I, I want to talk to you about what does it actually mean to be filled with the Holy Spirit? How can that happen? What's the difference it will make in our life? And to walk us through the teaching this morning, I want to break it into three parts. And and the first part, I I just want to give you these five observations. And some of these observations you may never have really thought through, or maybe you know some of these. But I I felt Holy Spirit just draw me to these observations that that, that I've studied over the years, but but became very fresh in my spirit this past week. The first thing I want to point out to you, I want us to note, number one, the contrast. I want us to see the contrast in this verse where, where Paul actually gives a contrast about being drunk on wine and being filled with Holy Spirit. Now, some people would tell you that wine is a symbol of Holy Spirit. I, I, I suppose it is, but it's a symbol in the sense that there's a contrast in it. Do, do you remember in Acts chapter 2 on the day of Pentecost when they were filled with the Holy Spirit and, and, and a whole bunch of people started to laugh and mock them and said, you guys, they're just drunk on wine. Remember, Joel got up and said, no, 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 that's not what's going on. It's only nine in the morning. This is what was spoken about, or Peter got up and said, this was spoken about by the prophet Joel. But so in, in Acts chapter 2, they thought that they were drunk on wine, but they weren't. They were filled with Holy Spirit. Uh, Isaiah talks about wine and the Spirit, but now Paul picks it up and says, do not be drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Now, I've, I've never I've never drank alcohol. It's not a part of my life. And, but I have seen people get drunk. I, I've seen them. And I notice the more they drink, the more their behavior starts to change. And, and I've watched them say things and do things that maybe they wouldn't do if they weren't under the influence of alcohol. And y'all know that it can change your driving, it can change your thought process, it can change your actions. You might get angry, you might get happy, you might do stupid, crazy things, and, and you should definitely not be driving your car. And the more you have it, the more it affects your, your, your behavior. And so Paul says, don't, don't get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. And the word debauchery actually speaks of sensual sins of pleasure. And very specifically, sexual sins of pleasure. And and so Paul is saying to the church in Ephesus, I've watched some of you, and I've watched you when you got drunk on wine, and it led to some pretty horrible things. You did some things you wouldn't normally do. It changed your behavior. He said, don't get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with Holy Spirit. And the contrast that Paul is making here, in the same way, wine will negatively change your behavior. Holy Spirit can positively change your behavior. Remember, there were 12 disciples who walked with Jesus. They were in an upper room one day, and in Acts chapter 1, then Acts chapter 2, Holy Spirit comes down, and they all get baptized in Holy Spirit. Some people were amazed, some were abused, and some were perplexed, and and then the people said, they're drunk on wine, and Peter says, "No, no, it's only it's only it's only nine in the morning." But Peter's behavior changed, and he stands up. He stands up, and he lifts his voice. Anointing of God is on him, and he preaches a message under anointing of Holy Spirit. Three thousand people got saved because Holy Spirit changed his behavior, changed his actions, influenced. His words. Now, I'm going to show you something. I'm going to bring it together. If you've got your Bible open, you're not, it's not going to be on the screen. But but look at Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15, because I'm going to piece it together. In Ephesians 5, verse 15, Paul says to the church in Ephesus, Be very careful then how you live. And he goes on to talk about Holy Spirit, right? Not as unwise, but as wise. If there's ever been a day we need Holy Spirit to help us be wise, today's the day. Be careful! you have not as unwise, but as wise. Look at verse sixteen: making the most of every opportunity. COVID's come and it's messed us up, and we're all in masks, and people working from home, and difficult days. But God has given His church an opportunity to share it, and we need Holy Spirit to do it. And then He says, "Because the days are evil." How many people know the days today are evil? Lots going on on planet Earth. Evil, tough days. And so Paul is setting the tone for do not get drunk on wine, but, but be filled with Holy Spirit. Why? Because the church of Ephesus needed wisdom. They needed to make the most of every opportunity. And the days were evil. Verse 17, therefore, don't be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. He's building a theme. And then he says, do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. I've got an alternative Be controlled or filled by Holy Spirit. Because Holy Spirit can affect your decisions. Holy Spirit can affect the way you live your life. And I'll tell you, to be honest, as your pastor, I've been praying, Oh, Holy Spirit, lead me, direct me, and fill me. So number one, I want you to note the contrast. Number number two, this might feel obvious, but, but it's worth saying, this is a command. Now, I, I got to break that down here because some go, wow, this is a command. It's a command. Now, God doesn't give commands to hinder us, but to help us. Got it? He doesn't say, this is a command because I want to harm you. No, this is a command because I want to help you. And so when you get saved, Holy Spirit indwells you. But now the Spirit who's in you wants to control you and influence you. And so Paul uses, in the, this is in Greek, right? New Testament's in Greek. And he uses an interesting verb tense that is used here. And, and Bible scholars call it the imperative mode. It's the imperative mode. And, and, and it, it's, it's, it's a command. This is a command. Be filled with the Spirit. It's a command. It's it's something we need at all times. It's not meant to be optional. So Paul is trying to help the church in Ephesus know you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit at all times, now watch this in Acts chapter two, these believers were baptized in the Holy Spirit, and then in Acts chapter four, they, they, they had another infilling of Holy Spirit. they needed it again and again, and, and, and in Acts chapter nineteen when he 's in Ephesus, Paul lays his hands upon them, and then they have an encounter with the Holy Spirit, And now he writes a letter to them and says, Keep on' you've you got to be filled with Holy Spirit. This is, this is a command. It's, it's, it's important. You need this. It's, it's something that you need in your life to help you, not to harm you, but to make you use more for Him. And I just felt God wanted me to say to the house, this is a command to help you. This is something we need in these evil days. This is something we need to be wise. This is something we need as we journey in life. It, this is a command. But then there's number three. It's, it's in the present tense. Now, now, now I, want, I want you to see this. It's, it's in the present tense because in, in the ancient Greek language... It's, it's an imperative mode, it's a command, but it's also a, a continual action. It's like Paul was saying, it's not a one-time event, it's meant to be a continuous event. And so, in my Bible, and I'm reading from the NIV, it says, Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. It actually means, keep on, ongoingly, be filled with the Spirit. I, I need a fresh touch of Holy Spirit today. You and I need a fresh touch of Holy Spirit today. This church needs a fresh touch of Holy Spirit today. And in a few moments, we're gonna pray that the windows of heaven would open over this place and we would get a fresh touch of Holy Spirit. So we note the contrast it's a command, and it's in the present tense. It's not a one-time event. It's meant to be a continual thing, a actinu- continual experience, ongoing encounter. It, it's meant to be an ongoing encounter. And then there's number four. And this, this, this little nuance here, I, I actually almost miss. And I, I study Greek in Bible college, and I, f- I forget a lot of it, to be honest with you, and I have to do a little refresher course on it. But I was reminded that this is, is, it, it's in the passive voice. It's in the passive voice. It's a command that's passive, not active. Now, let me explain that. An active command is what you did if you're a parent to your kids. Clean your room. You've said that, haven't you? Pick up your clothes. Put the milk back in the fridge. It's an active command. You're asking them to do something that they need to do and can do. That's an active command. But, but I want you to notice, this is the passive voice. When, when Paul said, instead be filled with the Spirit, it's not active, it's passive. In other words, it's not something you do, it's something that is done to you. Does that make sense? I don't fill myself with Holy Spirit. Jesus fills me with Holy Spirit. It's something that I experience. It's something that I receive. It's, 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 it's passive. It's not active. It's not something I do. It's not something I, I make happen. It's something Holy Spirit does in me. It's the passive voice. I suppose I need to be ready and open and allow this to happen. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, Be filled with the Spirit. The contrast. Wine filled with the Spirit. It's a command. It's in the imperative mode. It's in the present tense. It's meant to be continual. It's in the passive voice. It's not active. It's passive. It's something we experience, not something we do to ourselves. It's something that we experience. And Paul highlights it to the believers in Ephesus. And I don't think it's an accident when when John has that letter that he writes to the church of Ephesus and he tells them, you've lost your first love. And Paul says, keep on being filled with Holy Spirit. I'll tell you, when I'm filled with Holy Spirit ongoingly, it changes my actions. It changes my behavior. It changes the way I do life. It's not a one moment. It's an ongoing experience. It's it's not me getting more of Holy Spirit. It's Holy Spirit getting more of me. It's Spirit controlling my life. It's Spirit influencing my life. I, I, I think I know the answer, but let me ask the question. How many people this morning, whether you're on site or online, want Holy Spirit to influence and control your life? Anybody in the house, Dad? You want Holy Spirit. I want to take you to number two. No, I'm sorry, I got to take you to number five before we come to number two. I almost forgot this. It's not just a contrast, it's not just a command. It's not just in the present tense, it's not just in the passive voice. It's a plural command. I almost missed that. Instead, you be filled with the Spirit. It's plural. It's meant for everyone in the Church of Ephesus. Which means it's meant for everyone here this morning. You can't look at me and say, Well, Pastor, great teaching, but that's for you, not for me. No, the command, it's in the plural. It's meant for every single believer in Jesus to experience the filling of Holy Spirit. It's for all of us, but there's more than for all of us. There's another nuance to this. It's not just in the plural for all of us. It's for the plural in the corporate. Can you imagine if everybody in this church today was under the influence of Holy Spirit? Can you imagine what we could do for the kingdom of God in the city? Can you imagine if all of us were under influence of Holy Spirit? Every single one of us, not just individually, but corporately. A church that's under the influence of Holy Spirit is a church that will make a difference for the kingdom of God. It's something for you. It's something for me. It's something for all of us. It's, it's a plural command. It's not an active command. It's a passive command that we need to experience. And it's something that's meant to be ongoing. And I'll tell you, friends, the days are evil. I need wisdom. These are tough times. And, and Paul knits it together. And I think he's teaching us. And I think he's telling us today, we need to ongoingly be controlled by the Holy Spirit. Could we just pause, put our hands together, and celebrate our Lord today? Come on. I want to take you to number two, and I very briefly want to give you three applications. Application number one, and we kind of camped on it, it's the issue of control. And it's not forced control, it's control by consent. It's, it's you and I going, Spirit of God, lead me, direct me, guide me. I surrender all that's in me to you. Control my actions, my words. Fill me now. Fill me now. Fill me now. I give you the consent. I need you. It's, it's control. And we don't like that word, do we? But it's controlled by consent. It's Holy Spirit, take the wheel of my life. Holy Spirit, you sit in the driver's seat. Holy Spirit who's in me, come on me. Holy Spirit, who's indwelling me, empower me. Holy Spirit, who's in resonance in me, take precedence in me. Holy Spirit, control me. Holy Spirit, guide me. Holy Spirit, take over everything in my life. I surrender the control to you. Number one, the issue of control. And then number two, it's the issue of cooperation. I thought about Peter I'm sure on the day of Pentecost, Peter said, I'm not standing up. I'm not speaking. But he stood up, and he opened his mouth. And Holy Spirit led him. And he cooperated with Holy Spirit. Can you imagine if this church cooperated daily with Holy Spirit? Can you imagine what can happen in us and through us when we surrender the control and we cooperate with the Holy Spirit, who's a gentleman who wants to take over, who wants to lead us, who wants to direct us? I think Holy Spirit is saying today, surrender all to him. Cooperation. Then number three, it's the issue of contact. You ever been especially in larger cities and I I think of cities in in the United States where you see these these big electric trains that are riding above you, and and you know that they've got those wheels that are on the tracks, and and there's a wheel and a wheel and it's on the track, but there's there's a bar in the middle, and the bar in the middle is connected to a power source. Or or you're in the city of Toronto, and you see the electric trains, and you see you see the you see the wheels, but you see that rod that goes up that's connected to the power, and you know that the only reason why those wheels are moving is because the rod on that train. It's connected. It's in contact with the power. It's in contact with the power source. And I'm realizing every day I can do ministry in my own strength, or I can do it in the strength of Holy Spirit. I can make decisions in my wisdom, or I can make decisions in Holy Spirit wisdom. I, I can do life my way, or I can do life Holy Spirit's way. And I'm learning I must be in ongoing, continual contact with Holy Spirit. And I want to invite you and me to live out the principle of contact and stay connected and let the Holy Spirit who's in you be on you and lead you and direct you. Paul said, do not be drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. I I wanna wrap this up and I wanna take you to number three. And I just want to give you three thoughts of how you and I can prepare to be filled with Holy Spirit. And I almost brought some props to the platform, but I I just thought, no, I'm not going to have real props. I'm just going to pretend I have it. I want you to pretend that I'm holding on to a large container and the lid's on the container. Can you picture it? A a big container and it's see-through and the container's got stuff inside of it. And it's got a lid on it. And the lid's tight on it. And it's big and it's filled. Now I want you to pretend that that container represents you. It represents you. That container is you. And it's filled with stuff. And it's got a lid on it that's tight. Now, I, I'm just going to leave you with these three things. Num- number one, be open. It's the principle of openness. Now, it's, it's obvious, but the truth is to be filled with something, you've got to be open to let it happen. Is that Right? If I've got a container with a lid on it and it's tight and, I'm, and I need to pour something into it, if the lid's on it tight, obviously what I try to pour into it isn't going to go into it. You've got to open the lid, take the lid off so that something can be poured in. And I want to challenge you. Be open. Be be open. Be open. In Acts chapter 1, 120, we're in an upper room. Open. Ready, pray, wanting. Are you open? Open your heart. Do not be drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with Holy Spirit. I'm open, I'm open, I'm open, I'm open. I can't do this, but you, I'm open, I'm open. Fill me. Now, now, once you've figured out the principle of openness, you've got to go to number two, the principle of emptiness. Now, now, it sounds obvious, but I almost overlooked it. Remember the container? The lid's off, it's open, but there's lots of stuff inside of it filled with stuff that shouldn't be there. And if I want Holy Spirit to fill me, Holy Spirit can only fill me as much as there's openness and emptiness in the container, right? If, 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 if Holy Spirit, the water, the wine gets poured in and there's lots of stuff in it, there's only going to be so much water. There's only going to be so much wine. There's going to be only so much of Holy Spirit because there's a lot of something else in there. And so the more empty you are, the more filled of spirit you can be. It's the principle of emptiness. And, and I'm not going to sing it, but all week I've been singing in my head and I'm driving in the car just an old, old, old hymn. And some of you want me to sing it, but it's called Jesus Be Jesus in me. You ever heard of it? Jesus, be Jesus in me. No longer me, but thee. No longer me, but thee. And then it talks about resurrection power. Fill me this hour, Jesus. Be Jesus in me. And in the verse, it talks about emptying yourself and giving control. And when you're empty, you can be filled. And I don't know what's in you, but maybe maybe there's greed in you that needs to come out or, or anger that's in you that needs to come out or, or selfish desires in you that, that needs to come out. A lot of you, because John the Baptist caught it when he was with Jesus, less of me means more of you, right? Less of me Leaves room for more of you. And if you want to be filled to the fullness of the Holy Spirit, you've got to be empty. Let there be none of your selfish ways. Open, empty. The principle of openness and the principle of emptiness. And then number three, be willing. Fill me now. Fill me now. Fill me now. Use me. I don't want to be drunk with wine that leads to debauchery. I want to be filled with your spirit. I guess you could say it's an issue of capacity. When there's less of me, there's more room for more of him. Your pastor wants to empty himself spiritually today. I don't want my way. I don't want there to be any of me. I just want to be emptied. And I've been praying all week Holy Spirit, fill me now. Fill me now. Come in your strength, come in your power, and fill me. Fill me. Here's the kicker, (laughs) and I love this. When he fills you, it's different when you're at home and you've got a glass and you're filling it with milk. You only fill it to the brim, right? But he fills you to overflowing because he doesn't want it to be just for you. He wants it to be for those around you. I think what he wants to do is he wants us to open the cap Be open. Be empty. Be ready. And then let Him do what only He can do fill us to overflowing. Do not be drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled. Be filled to overflowing every day with the Holy Spirit. Can you imagine if everybody, every day, had a fresh encounter with Holy Spirit? Can you imagine if every one of us was so empty that we could be so filled, that we could be so overflowing? Can you imagine what God can do in us and through us, I ask you, how many of you this morning want to be filled freshly with the Holy Spirit? Yeah. Could you stand? What about the worship bed and worship to you come? Just begin to softly play. You're standing here today on site. And you're watching online. And you want to be freshly filled with Holy Spirit today. I want you right now just to lift your hands right now. Posture yourself with openness, with readiness. Be open. Be empty. Be willing. Jesus, I just pray right now that the windows of heaven would open over this place. I pray right now that there would be an outpouring of Holy Spirit over every life in this place. I pray as we take off the lid and as we open ourselves and as we empty ourselves that she would fill us, fill us, to overflowing in the name of Jesus. Just like in Acts chapter 2, I pray that there would be an outpouring of Holy Spirit. I pray that we wouldn't be spooked out. I pray that we wouldn't be freaked out. But I pray right now that there would be an outpouring of Holy Spirit in this room right now. I pray, God, that it would change our behavior. It would change our conduct. It would change our lifestyle. It would de- change our decisions. It would change our church. I pray that everyone from front to back, side to side, up in the balcony, watching online, would right now be filled with Holy Spirit. Just lift your hands. Just begin to praise Him right now. Just begin to praise Him. Just begin to audibly lift your voice. I believe that Jesus is in the house right now. Less of you means more of Him. Empty yourself of all the that's in you and say I don't want that greed I don't want that desire I don't want my ways I, I just surrender it all to you fill me right now change me, control me lead me, direct me in the name of Jesus we pray Jesus we pray just begin to sing pastor if you would Before, I pray and we step out of this auditorium our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed I need to ask you this question you're standing here today on site or you're watching online if today was the day that you died and you stepped into eternity do you know that you know that you're going to heaven and maybe you've never made your peace with God through Jesus Christ, I want to lead you in this prayer this morning. And as you pray, we're going to join you. Let's pray together. Dear Jesus, come into my life. Please forgive me of my sins. I've decided to follow you. I make my peace with you today. I receive you in my life as my Savior and my Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Could we open our eyes and just celebrate salvation? Now, if you're here today and you prayed that prayer, and you made your peace with God through Jesus Christ, best decision you could ever make. In just a couple of moments in your way, I'll drop by a table. We got a Bible for you, a little booklet for you. We got a class called Follow. It's going to help you in your new faith journey. And it's great. If you don't attend a life-giving, Bible-believing church, we'd love to help you in the journey of growing in your new walk with Jesus. If you're watching online, reach out to us, and we'll help you find a church. If you're somewhere across Canada or around the world, we'll help you find a life-giving, Bible-believing church. In just a couple of moments, I'm going to pray. But can I tell you a miracle that happened? Anybody want to hear a miracle that God did? Anybody? Anybody? I'm, I'm quoting word for word from a young couple in our church, William and Georgina. And a few weeks ago, they had a, a baby that is in chio right now. The doctors honestly didn't give them much hope for their child living, and we've been journeying with them. And yesterday, Georgina said, I need to tell you what the cardiologist said. She did an echogram early in this journey, and she didn't tell me this till a couple days ago, that she said, I need to tell you that first echogram I did was the worst I've ever seen in my career. The worst. She said, but the echogram that we just did on Friday, or it was Thursday or Friday, I'm not sure what day, is the best I've ever seen. And they said to William and Georgina, start getting ready for discharge date because it's coming. It's coming. Come on, give a clap offering of praise to our God. Amen. 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 Next Sunday, we're beginning a brand new sermon series. We're going to explore 2 Thessalonians. Now, I've got to tell you, I went to my files to see if I've ever preached anything on that. And I lifted my file upside down, and one sermon fell out from 36 years of pastoring. And I went, that's not good. And we're going to dive into 2 Thessalonians. We're going to call it unshakable. And we're going to believe that God's going to make His church unshakable. And I can't wait to share this series for the next four Sundays. Now, just a couple moments after I pray, we're going to be dismissed. If you'd like personal prayer, feel free to come to the front. Someone on our prayer team would be glad to pray with you. And if you've come prepared to give of your tithes and offerings, there's offering buckets in the back, debit machines in the lobby. Go online for the other ways to give. If you're our guest, can we just give it up for our first-time guests? Let them know how glad we are that they're here. And every Sunday, lots of guests. If that's you, drop by the guest lounge. we got a coffee card for you, our way of saying thank you for coming. Now I'm going to pray, but I hope you're hearing my heart today. There's a great contrast. Don't be drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. It's a contrast. But be filled every day, every moment with Holy Spirit. Less of you means more of him. And if we all do this, and if we all walk in the Spirit, God will use us together in greater ways in the days ahead. I just want to be led and controlled by the Spirit. Just lift your hands. God, I thank you for this great church. I I I believe I've been faithful to share from one verse today that's wrecked me, and I pray that... It would wreck us, oh God, and I... I pray, God, that we realize that it's something that you can do and you want to do in our life. And I pray, God, that we'd understand freshly that it's meant to be ongoing, not just an encounter from Acts chapter 2, but an ongoing encounter. And I pray, mighty God, that we know it's a command for our help, not our harm. You said it because it's so important. And so, God, I know we need Holy Spirit now more than ever. The days are evil. we got so many decisions. We need to be individuals and a church controlled by Holy Spirit. So I pray that we would be led and controlled by Holy Spirit. Fill us now. Help us, God, to live out the principle of openness, the principle of emptiness, and the principle of willingness. Bless this great church and give us, God, a great day and an amazing week. And may we do life in the Spirit. In Jesus' name. Everybody said. Amen. Amen. God bless you, Woodville. Have a great day. We love you so much.